What's going on, y'all? How we doing? Hi, everyone. Hope everybody's doing good. Round three, back, staying consistent, third week in a row. I got to give that shout out because consistency sometimes is really difficult, and especially in my life, when it comes to this stuff, I can like want to do this and put myself out there and talk about things and share things with the world, but then fear creeps in and I stop and I'm not consistent. So I'm just fired up. We're back for round three. Let's do it. Let's go. Welcome to our living room. Yeah, welcome hope, back. Hope you have your cup of coffee and you're ready to sit down and chat with us. If you're in Atlanta, hopefully you got the AC on or a fan because it's still dang 90 degrees and it's the end of September. It's so annoying. Hopefully we'll break soon here. But hey, could be worse. Could True. be a Well, lot I worse. saw in Alaska they got their first snow. Hey, yo. <laughs> if you're listening to Alaska. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Sorry. It's crazy. It's 90s here. My bad. I don't know what's worse, having snow at the end of September or in the 90s. Yeah, I don't know. But we're here. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Wherever you are, hopefully this finds you, man, in a place where you're on here, whether you're you're happy or sad or, uh, you know, feeling indifferent, feeling smug. Um Hopefully this finds you in a place that will encourage you today. Uh, and, and, you know, our hope for today, we got a lot of what we feel like is valuable nuggets from some of the things that we've learned and going to share some things from a, a course that I created. I don't even, I don't like calling it a course, but something I created this past year that worked really hard on, uh, I spent literally months on it, uh, refining it, and I'm still feel like I'm refining it, but I'm going to share some some lessons from it um, that I created. I've kind of gone back and forth with the name of it. Uh, right now, it's called A Value-Based Life, and and the, the whole purpose of it is to give people tools in how to live a life based off of um, values um, and, and how having a set of values, uh, however you interpret that, can help you live a life of fulfillment and abundance and um so we're going to share some lessons in a continuation from last week in talking about love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about what we feel like loving yourself really looks like uh, in practical form and day to day from some examples from our life. But we want to take it a little deeper. We felt like that was just kind of on our heart this week of, you know, as we're thinking about what did we want to talk about and, and, and um, you know, communicate about today. It, it just something that kind of kept coming up. Uh, that we felt like, you know, this is this is where we feel like direction is, is pulling us right now and where we feel like our spirits are pulling us. And so hopefully you guys get a lot of value out of today. That's our prayer. That's our hope. Um, and so we're going to dive in. Uh, do you have anything you want to you wanna jump in before we, we get going here? Um, no, I, I think last week, I, like you said, like we kind of touched on, on loving yourself. And I think we scratched the surface and I think that's why like it was in our heart to kind of go back and and really dive into what loving yourself looks like yes it does include like taking time for yourself and and having that morning routine or routine or doing something that is giving back to yourself and filling your cup but I think that's where we wanted to kind of follow back up and like what exactly does loving yourself look like um, and how do, how can you love yourself in your everyday life? So that's kind of where we're going. And, um, and it is from this, I guess you could call it a course that TJ created. Um, it's pretty awesome, but yeah, so we'll be reading some of that as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're going to go. Awesome. So uh, I want to start off with a scripture, um, and it's uh, not a scripture, sorry, a quote, um, and just a little side note on the scripture references and, and, and God references and, you know, for me, and this is something we were just talking about before we started recording, um, you know, that we wanted to address and hit on here. You, you'll hear a lot of us talking about scriptures and we'll reference scriptures and um, you'll also hear we'll reference a lot of different quotes. Uh, I, I'm an avid reader, an avid listener, um, but scripture for me is just where I went to to learn a set of values, you know, and the way that I grew up, um, I, 
it's just, it's, it's where my foundation in, in a lot of ways came from. Um, and it's just what was there and what was available. And then I got into different wisdom literatures and, and following different people and, you know, of today. And, and, you know, I've mentioned stoic philosophy. It's something I've got into and in psychology. And, and so when we reference scriptures, you know, um, we don't want people to feel like if you don't read the Bible, like to be turned off from it. It's the way I think about scriptures for so many people is it's just another form of wisdom. Um, and for others, it's, it's deeper. It's a, there's a deeper connection. There's a deeper meaning there. Um, but for those of you who aren't into the Bible, who aren't into scripture. Um, like myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think, and I think we've had both, like have gone up and down at times yeah. where we feel like scripture has, for us in the Bible has been used in a way to control people. And I know that there's some people out there listening that feel that same way. And so allow your heart, I guess I say this in, in, in the introduction to say, don't let it turn you off and allow your heart to be opened to seeing it as wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, find it in there and try to put your, you know, maybe some of your hurts, some of the, the it may trigger you. Uh, in some ways, as it does me sometimes, uh, scripture, and believe it or not, can trigger me. It definitely triggers me for sure. Um, and so like, I even have like a visceral reaction when TJ like pulls out a scripture. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but I am learning that there really is so much wisdom in the scriptures. And if for me personally, if I can take out the rules and the legalism that that was taught to me at a young age... When I pull that out and can sift through and see like the beauty in them and the wisdom in it, it's pretty cool. Like it's cool to like connect it to my life now. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I want to start off with a quote, um, and it's it's actually the real version of a very famous quote that just about every single one that will listen to this I know has heard um, by by Mahat Gandhi. And the, the quote that everybody knows is, be the change you wish to see in the world. But the actual quote uh, is very different, and I feel like it takes it a lot deeper. Um, and it's, it's the quote that opens up uh, this course I created. And it says, if we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world toward him. We need not wait to see what others do. And so much of, I feel like this encapsulates so much of when we talk about, you know, in last week when we talked about like, you know, the thing that we learned in, in, that, uh, in that scripture and, and about loving yourself so that you can love others deeply. Um, I feel for me, for so much of my life, I had a tendency to think that everybody else needed to change around me in order for my world to change. Um, and I think it's something that I could honestly go out on a limb for, for a lot of us, that we think that everything else around us needs to change in order for us to come and have an attitude of, an attitude of gratitude, right? Um, for us to feel happy with life, like things around us need to change. When we fundamentally don't realize it's ourselves that just need to change. And once we start changing and seeing and becoming more aware of the things within ourselves that are holding us back in the abundance that the world and that God and that the universe wants to bring into our lives, when we start changing ourselves, that's when the abundance starts coming in. That's when things in our life start changing around. That's when others around us start changing is because we unconsciously, and I mentioned this last week, we unconsciously allow others' lights to shine as our lights within us start coming out and shining. Um, And it's something that I feel like is so appropriate to open up with on this subject because for me, this is where things have at every single point in my life as I can look back on my life and look at all the times that I you know, made such seismic shifts in my character and, and, and when things in my life physically started changing, I mean, like m- around me started changing, it was when I started taking ownership uh, for the things that were happening within my life. And when I started taking ownership of 
how I was showing up in the world and who I was being. It wasn't about what I was doing. Yes, there was things that I fundamentally was doing to change, but it was more focused on about who I was being. And as I focused more on who I was being and how I was showing up in the world, that's when like I look and I'm like, oh, that's when things really changed. It was when I, that was my focus. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I wanted to open up with that because it's, I, I feel like it's, that's the foundation and that's where the foundation of some of the things that we want to talk about today. Um, and what does that practically really look like to love yourself? Um, and I don't know if, if you want to start here, this isn't something like we were, you know, as we've said before, like this is going to be ebb and flow and, and we wanted to give you guys just the real raw. Um, I don't know if you wanted to, to share anything to start, if you wanted me to just go into, you know, some of the things I'd written down and, 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 um, you know, you chime in as we go or, uh, yeah, how do you want to, I wanted to open up, give you an opportunity to. I mean, I would, the only thing that I was thinking of when you were saying that is I can 100% relate to what you're saying as far as looking for the outside world to change. And I think so much of my infancy and my growing, like infancy stages of growing and learning, I looked to you. Like I waited, well, when, when TJ does, if TJ stops getting angry or if TJ would help around the house then I will or if the when the boys get older then I will change this or then it will be easier if if we had x amount of money then I can be grateful like and so I can relate to that so much because I think for so long I did I thought everything else needed to change and it isn't it wasn't until I looked within and realized like oh it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if... I, I wish I had, like, a tangible, like, example. But, like, it doesn't matter if TJ gets angry at me. Like, I still am in control of myself. Like, I get to choose how I'm going to respond to this. Or it doesn't matter if our child is having a fit or having a meltdown. Like, it's me. Like, I have to change. Like, I have to be the calm that he, my son needs in this moment. Like, so I, I I, am kind of piggybacking off of that because I think there's so much in there that I see in my own self. Like, I can't sit around and wait for everyone else to change. Like, it does have to come from within. And I think as far as love like with loving yourself you've got to know who you are to love yourself and i mm-hmm. think that's where yes last week we talked about you know filling up your cup and taking time for yourself that's a great like thing to do which is what you're saying it's but it's about being and part of being is knowing who you are so yeah. you can kind of go from there yeah, no, and I, I, I appreciate you sharing what you just did because it, it is, it's part of loving yourself is taking, it is that, that's a great example, like taking responsibility for who you are and how you're showing up. And, you know, I think on a practical level, how do you love yourself if you don't know who you are and who mm-hmm. you want to be, right? Exactly. Like you can't love yourself until you know truly who you are and who you want to be. And for so many of us, and I know that I struggled, I had a really hard time with this for a long time. When someone would say that, like, who are you? I would tend to, because of my, my natural bias, like, and because of the, the way that I responded to some of the trauma that I experienced growing up. And when I say trauma, I do want to clarify this because I had a conversation with a potential client and and one of my actual clients this week on what trauma is. And, you know, I think there's a lot of misconception on what trauma is. I think when we think about trauma and when I say trauma, a lot of people have this reaction of like, you know, Dawn's story, for instance, like I think is a very typical thing that people think of trauma. Someone who is sexually abused, someone who's physically abused, someone who, you know, went off to war and experienced like horrific, uh, you know, trauma, someone who's been through a really bad accident, like, that's like the ice, like the, the very like, you know, graphic forms of trauma. But trauma at its core fundamental, like at its base level is 
any time that you've experienced anything where it has caused your nervous system to react in a way that has wanted to protect you. That could be when you were a child and a parent yelling at you. That could be a friend when you were younger telling you you were ugly. Like anytime you had a response to that where you wanted to hide or you wanted to, to you know, curl up in a ball or feel bad about yourself or like, yeah, that like that's trauma. It could be anything. And so when I say the word trauma, I don't want people to think like it's just this, you know, well, I don't have any trauma because I think in a lot of ways and I'm experiencing this. Um, and I think for a lot of us, I bring that up and clarify that because for a lot of us, when we think about who we are, a lot of times our view, and again, I put myself in this category at different times, our view of who we are can come with such a negative connotation if we haven't got to that place where we've looked at and identified like, oh, this is where I'm responding from is that place of trauma. And so much of this loving yourself where I, I want to help people get to is not looking at the coming from a place of lack um, and, you know, thinking the negative like who you are, but truly thinking about who you want to be and giving you the real definition of who you are. And again, the place that I go to for my definition of who I truly am, because it's, and again, this comes from not just the Bible, but if you look all throughout Stoic philosophy, you look all throughout wisdom literature from the creation of this world, these statements are so true. Because again, it's not what's happened to you, it's not what you've done, but it's about who we come into this world. As And when you think about it, even from a scientific standpoint, from a biological standpoint, the odds of you just being born, purely just you being born, like the statistics are literally like one in 400 trillion to one. Let that sink in for a second. You are like one in 400 trillion of you just physically being born on this earth, having breath in your lungs. And so when I ask the question, who are you? That's who you are. You're a damn miracle. You're a miracle, literally. Regardless of what's happened to you, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you feel like you are in your life right now and how you feel about yourself, and we'll get into emotions and feelings at some other point. But regardless of how you feel, let's go to the facts. And the facts are, even if you have a disability right now, regardless of whether you've been abused, whether you've, whatever you have been through in your life, you are a damn miracle. And I want that to be stated up front because that's who you are and that's the place that you need to come from. When you come from a place of understanding what it means to truly love yourself, that's the fact. A couple of scriptures that I, I will share and read because I, it just brings this home even more is a couple of scriptures in the Bible. You are a light of the world. And then I'm going to read a quote that I wrote this past year that just like came in my heart as I was thinking about this and creating this. Um, this first scripture says, you are, light of, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do put, people put a light, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a chosen people. Why? Because you're one in 400 trillion that have been blessed with being alive. And the quote for me, you are a star created to shine bright. You are not the opinions of others. You mustn't succumb to the lies you hear, but grab hold of the light that shines deep within you, from which you must light a flame that shines bright for the world to see. Then you will illuminate the way for others to see the light within them. 
Together then, we can all shine like the stars that we truly are. This is fact. This is concrete. This is real. So when I ask the question, who are you? This is who you are. You are a light to the world. You are a chosen people. You are a star that shines brightly, regardless of how you feel that you look, regardless of how you feel that you've been treated, regardless of the scars that you may have, regardless of the disabilities that you may have. That is who you are. That is who you need to love, is that special miracle of who you are. And then you need to decide who you want to be. And this is where the practical, who you want to be and how you want to show up. So now that you know who you are, then you need to start deciding who you want to be and how you want to start showing up in this world. And this is where for me and and I feel like for Dawn and in our, you know, in so many ways, in our marriage, in how we are as parents, this fundamental question of who do we want to be and, and how do we want to show up in the world? Like, this is where things for me really started changing, where I realized like, this is me loving myself. I had to come to that place where, when, go ahead. Can I interject? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful when you do. Um, well, I was just thinking one thought that came to my mind is like, it's, it's easy to intellectually read that scripture and be like, yeah, I'm a light. Or to hear you say you are a star, you're chosen, and I'm a miracle. And I think you have to touch on trauma again. Because I think we come into this world and we're hit with the trauma of life. Like, you come into this world and sh- shit happens. Like, you come into this world to parents that are unconscious. Like... Or parents that are doing the best that they can with what they were given. Like, so I think you, yes, these are so true. And yes, I know I'm a miracle. And yes, like, I am a light. But it's a practice of truly believing that. It it does not come easy when you are born into families that are just trying to get by. Like... For me personally, for the trauma that I experienced at three years old, like I didn't, I didn't have a choice in, in experiencing that. Like it just happened, and it can taint those. It can it has tainted that I am a miracle. Like it taints that, and it's it's a practice of of loving myself like essentially you have I have to wake up daily and practice that love and practice that I am a light I I I write down in my journal I write down like mantras which are essentially like affirmations and I say to them I write down every day I am enough I am loved and I am safe and I think I should probably add I am a light like I am chosen I am a star like it takes, it's a practice doing that. So I, that's where I just want to interject that it's not like, oh, you're a light. Yay, everything's great. Like, no, you still have a bunch of shit you got to work through. And the reality is we still have trauma that has affected the thoughts that go in our mind. So. Yeah, 100%. Oh, and and next quote is that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I do. And that's, I've, I've been talking about trauma a lot because it's been something that has, I, over the last 17 years, have really dug deep into um, studying and unearthing and um, because I know that you have to go to the root. Um, and I know I just laid the foundation of who you are and, and you know, I think, I thank you so much for bringing that up and not just skipping it over. Um because I, I do, I think I tend to go a little deeper with this with my clients, uh, obviously because I have that time and here I'm trying to rush through it. But I think you're right. It, it does need to be something that is talked about a little deeper. And um, it is, you're, you, you are negatively affected in a lot of ways. And, and I've, I've been there, right? Um, I have, in so many ways, I, my journey with healing uh, my healing journey is is ongoing. It never has stopped. I think at times I've thought 
oh, like I've dealt with this. I've dealt with feeling not good enough. I've felt with, I've dealt with the pain of not growing up with my father and wondering like, did he really love me? Was he proud of me? Was my mom really proud of me? Um, you know, was I good enough? Uh, that question for me has always been something um, that I've always fought with. Uh, and you're right. It, it isn't just this couple of scriptures that have gotten me out of it. It's been a continual practice of becoming self becoming aware of my negative thoughts and where they stem from, um, the emotions that come, uh, and being aware first of the emotions that well up and then how those emotions create my thoughts and how those thoughts then create my beliefs and then how those beliefs have created my behaviors and how those behaviors and then created my actions and then how those actions have then created my reality. And what I've learned is in order to really grasp onto who you are, so many of us, and I got caught up in this for so long, we want to just change the surface of, as Don hinted, if I can just change the reality of the things around me, well, then, then my emotions, my actions, my behaviors, and my beliefs will change. If I just change my reality and I just change my actions, my behaviors, well, then my emotions and my beliefs will start changing. Then I'll really start believing that this life is really for me and that I really am a light. And I think that's where so many of you and so many of us collectively, and I don't say you in a like pointing fingers at you that are out there listening, but for so many of us, I'm in that category. We're in that category of our society and especially nowadays with social media, it's all about like mindset. We just change our mindset. We just change our mindset. And I think that's why you wanted me to go a little deeper because that this course does go a lot deeper than that than just skimming the surface. Um, and I apologize for just trying to give the cliff notes and get through it. Um, but it's true. We, we tend to, and, and Instagram and, and Facebook glorify this, that we think that just by changing our actions and our behaviors and our reality, like we try to change our reality in, in IE meaning that if we just made more money or if we had a better career, if we had a better job, we had a better position, we just kept climbing the ladder, then how we felt would be different. But it's the reverse. We need to get in touch and be more aware of our emotions first and then how our emotions influence our thoughts and then how our thoughts influence our beliefs and then how our beliefs influence our behaviors, our actions, and our reality. You have to start all the way back at your emotions and start identifying and understanding your emotions first and being aware of them and how they're affecting you in a physical sense. And then you need to start becoming more aware of your thoughts and how your thoughts are creating your beliefs and therefore then creating your actions. And I think you have a great example of, of this like practically with um, being in the corporate world, you climbed the ladder so fast and became extremely successful, like in the blink of an eye. Uh, it really wasn't. It was a few, like three, two years, three years. And he got an offer letter for... Yeah, I, mean, I think it should, we should start. That's a great, that's actually a great, yeah, go ahead. You can finish, but I think we should start <laughs> at the beginning of that, but go ahead. Um... Well, it just to, he worked his ass off and got so focused on getting to the next level, getting to the next level, because ultimately in his mind, he wanted to get the six-figure salary, and he finally got it. He got the six-figure salary. He got equity in a company, and then it was kind of like, oh, okay, cool, now what? And I think that, that was a, a wake-up call for you of like, Everything around you can change, but yet if you're not happy or you're not happy within, if, mm -hmm. if you're not loving yourself, you can get all the things you want and it doesn't matter. Like, and so I think that like, it just made me think of that when you were talking about that, but like for you personally, like you, you got all the accolades, like you, you did it, you, you arrived, like you made it and yet you realized your thoughts and your beliefs and your emotions did not reflect what the outside world had given you. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget the guy that was my boss at the time. My two my two bosses at the time when I was uh told them I was leaving. Um their their response was disbelief. And um to give you some sort of context, you know, I, I went into restaurants because I got recruited uh to come into restaurants because of my leadership abilities and um you know, truth be told, when I went into restaurants six years ago and started off, I started off as an assistant manager. And prior to that, uh, believe it or not, I had no restaurant management experience, period. Uh, I'd never reached a shift leader level, um, you know, when I was in high school or college. I had just a a frontline worker, um, you know, in back of the house worker, uh, line cook and and, uh, server uh, experience. And so when I came in, I was coming in fresh. Uh, and I remember the, the guy that uh, um, recruited me, I, I remember two years in asking him, I was like, why did you recruit me? And he's like, because you you could lead people. Because at the time where he recruited me was I was coaching. Um, and I think I look back now and know that that's why um, I was in my element, um, because I was living from my true being. Uh, when I coach, I'm truly living from my true being. That is where I am just where my light shines because I am being who I am meant to be. Uh, and that's just purely loving people and wanting to see them succeed. I'm, my goal has always been to help other people be the best version of themselves. And whatever I can do to motivate them to get them to see that, I'm going to do. And when I came into restaurants... Um, well, and that's one thing this guy that recruited you said, like, I can teach you how to manage... Like, you can learn all that, but you can't teach someone how to lead people. Like, yeah. that was something that... That was your light. Like, that was your gift, is that you can lead people. And that was something this guy saw in you. It's like, that kind of quality, you can't teach someone. And that's what he said to you. I can teach... We'll get you all the business. Like, I'll teach you the business. Yeah. So... But I think now, it's funny. You say that, and I, I believe now I can teach people how to be. Because now I know how to be. I know it's about being. Mm-hmm. And so I can teach people how to lead because it's about leading yourself first and it's about being. And I think for a while, I didn't think you could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, the misconception in a lot of people is they don't think that they can teach this, especially in the corporate world, because it's so focused on... Leadership is so focused on the doing rather than the being. And that's why I feel like I've excelled in leadership is because I've always just focused on the being and the doing. And what happened when I got into restaurants was I started focusing on the doing. Um, I started focusing on the doing stuff and that's where it got me. We'll go back to the story. You had no experience. So I had no experience. (laughs) And again, sorry for the tangents. I had no experience. um, Started off, I was an assistant manager. Um, Long story short, I started off making $32,000 a year. Uh, Took a pay cut to go and do this. $32,000 a year. And within five years, I had gotten promoted five different times and went from making $32,000 a year to leaving um, an annual salary with an annual salary of $120,000 a year and equity that at the time in five years would have grown potentially to about a quarter million dollars in bonuses that would have totaled about forty. dollars and I give those numbers because for me, it's not important. The numbers I could really care less about and I could really care less. Um, there is so much more money that people are making out there. And um, But for me, growing up, the reason why six figures in equity was such a big deal is because I didn't know anyone growing up that had ever made six figures uh, and that had equity in a business. Um, just for me, I didn't know. Uh, there probably were people around me that did. Actually, I knew one person. One of my friend's dads owned a landscaping company. And I remember thinking he, he made six figures. They had a huge house. Um, and that's where I wanted to get to. And so for me, I thought I'd gotten into this trap in life at that point in that last five years where I thought if I could just get there, then I would be happy. Like I would make it and I would be happy. And then I could go back to doing the things that I really loved doing. And... Again, like what Don said, I was focusing on the end. I was focusing on the reality, the actions, the behaviors, and thinking if I just changed those things, then I would feel good emotionally. Then my beliefs would change. Then how I felt and who I thought of myself would like magically, like I would have arrived. 
And it, it really hit me so hard when we were there. And I was like, someone asked me, one of my friends asked me, he's like, so how does it feel, man? Like, how does it feel? You're making six figures. You have equity. Like, he was super excited. And I'll never forget the phone call. I can remember where I was sitting. And I remember my response. I was like, I said to him, I was like, I literally feel no different. I literally don't feel anything different. None of this feels anything like any better to me. Like it, it really doesn't. We have more money. And when I was leaving, when I told one of my other best friends that I was leaving the company, his, he goes, do you sure you want to do that? Like, are you, you, you worked your butt off these last five years to get here. Like, are you sure you want to leave this? Like you're here, you've made to that level. Like, are you sure you want to leave that? And I, I said, look, I'm 100% positive because I know who I'm being right now is not who I want to be. And it's not how I want to show up in this world. And I want to get back to who I, who I am and shining my light. And this is not how I want to shine my light in this world. And I looked, I, I told him, I said, look, I'm looking around our house right now and we have about $10,000 worth of really nice rugs and a really nice TV. We actually have two really nice TVs and we're able to go out to really nice restaurants that's all I feel like I have right now. Because in my soul, who I'm being is not who I want to be. Again, you have to get back to who you are. And you have to be identifying those emotions and not ignoring them, but confronting them. And it was really scary for me to be in that place again where I realized like, gosh, man, I've lost sight of who I'm being I've ignored these emotions that are welling up in me and not realizing the thoughts that I'm having, the negative spiral that I'm going into with my thoughts and my emotions. And this is where I need to get back to. I need to get back to that. I need to get back to loving myself and being true to myself and knowing that that is what has got me this far in life. This is what has brought me the family that I have. This is what has brought me the friends that I have. This honestly has brought me so fast in developing so fast in my career is what actually got me to that place was being authentically me. For me, what I had realized, it just wasn't in the industry that I wanted to be in. For me, it had become at that point, five years in, six years in, it, the business had become so much more about the profits and the money more than about taking care of people. And that's, if you know me, you know that's who I truly am. And it comes from such a deep place. And so for me, I had to get back to identifying and realizing like it was about my emotions. It was about my thoughts and then getting aware of those to then change my behaviors and actions, which then would change my reality. And so... And I think too, like you have a quote written down here that says the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. And I think that's such a big like piece of things that, uh, for me, a scripture comes to mind. I know that's shocking. Um, <laughs> it is really shocking right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And um, I think it's so true. Like if you can just stop and recognize your thoughts, what are the stories that you're telling yourself? What are the things that you're believing about yourself? Because that's who you think you are. Like, and I think for me personally, um, I get, I, as a mom, I think and other moms out there that are listening, we get so wrapped up in being a mom and doing all the things as a mom that we lose sight of who we are. And for me personally, like we had kids pretty quickly, um, and I'm grateful for it. I, I, I am, my boys are awesome and I love them, but I lost sight of who I was. I, I got so focused on kids and being a mom and doing all the mom stuff and, you know, going to play groups and getting like focused. I, I just, I got so focused on my kids and my babies and it, it was my identity. It became who I, I, I was that I lost sight of who I truly am and in that, it, it 
it, it almost like becomes a comfortability. Like it becomes a security blanket. Like, oh, my kids, like my kids, like I, I used, I'm moving around. I used my kids to make friends. Now there's nothing wrong with that. They are, they're a huge help in making friends. <laughs> um, but I used them to meet new people and it was because of my kids, like instead of who I am, like people wanted to be my friends because our kids were friends, not because of me and who I am in my core. Um, and that's something that I've really had to, I think really in the past year, um, I've really done some digging in deep within of who am I and who do I want to be? Um, cause I, I love being a mom I want more. I'm okay with saying that now, that I want to be a mom and be a leader and motivate people and inspire other moms out there to go after what they want. Um, And so that's something like for me personally and from a woman's perspective, even growing up in a church that essentially shut women down. Like women weren't allowed to lead. Like women... We're only allowed to speak to other women. Like you weren't allowed to have a voice. And I saw that growing up so much that women just, you need to have kids and stay at home with your kids and take care of your kids. And like, that's your role in your life and to serve your husband. And I I accepted that and kind of followed that path. And I'm finally coming to a place that I want more than that. Like I love being a mom and I love serving TJ and, and, giving to him, but I want more because I know within me who I am. I am a confident I woman, like, and I am a light, like I am a light to this world and I do have a light to shine and give to others. And so, yeah, I say all that because I think for me, I had to start recognizing my thoughts and like, what do I believe about myself? What are those stories that I'm telling myself? Like, for so long, one of um, the mentors that has helped me, I remember talking to her and telling her, like, I don't want to be just a mom. And she helped, like, shift me. She said, let's stop saying just mom. You want to be a mom and X, Y, and Z. Like, fill in the blank. And I think for me, like, realizing that was the story that I was telling myself, that I'm just a mom, I'm just a mom, I'm just a mom. No, I'm a mom and I'm a leader. I'm a mom and I'm a woman that wants to go after a career. Like, so I think from a woman's and a mother perspective, like I, we do have to really take every thought captive and, and really focus on what am I telling myself about who I am? I mean, I could go into even just body image, like the things I tell myself about my body. I could go on a whole tangent about that. Like, I think, there's so many things that as women, we we have a different like perspective on what those thoughts are. But the the biggest thing is you have to be able to recognize what are those thoughts and what are those things that you are telling yourself. And is it who you want to be? Because if it's not who you want to be, then you have a choice to change those thoughts and take it captive and, and make it obedient to who you want to be. Yeah. That's a great fierce point, and it is. That's part of, you know, what what we talk about here in this course is is that level of self awareness and understanding your emotions and your thoughts and taking them captive, and are they in line with who you are and who you want to be? Oh, and that so that's um, the other thing too is you wrote down. See, this is great. <laughs> um, but you wrote, she's reading the course. Yeah. Um, while we're doing this, but you wrote down most of our beliefs about who we are have been programmed into our minds from imperfect messages we received from as early as infancy, and I think it's so true that who you are can be programmed. Like who we truly, truly are is the light. But because of things that you were programmed as a child, that becomes who you think you are. Like you start to believe those stories. Or if you had trauma in your life, like you start to believe that because you had to protect yourself. And so I think that's something to really like be aware of as you start to think about like what are the stories you're telling yourself. Like know that they may come from this child, like this little child that was told they weren't enough. Yeah, um, from your response from trauma. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, where it's made you want to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's it's true. And I think for fathers as well, you know, you, you hit on the moms, and I think this is a great segue into talking about uh, fathers. And, and just so you hear, if you hear our, our couch here, um, it's not us farting, I swear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just us moving because we're sitting on our couch, like we said, in our living room. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder if they think we're farting over here. But we're really not. So <laughs> um, be honest if we were, I promise. Um, again, we want to be authentic, right? So, yeah, I think for dads as well, you know, this is a really important point to speak about as well. And, and I think for fathers... You know, and this is why, part of the reason why I came up and, and designed this course was specifically for men. Now, I, now I've tailored it for everybody. Um, but the whole reason why is because I think for dads, what for me, I've always had this desire to be a father because of, you know, the way I grew up and, and, and whatnot. And, and just to preface, my father and I and my mother and I have a great relationship now. Like it honestly makes me cry to think about like how awesome and vulnerable and um, loving our relationship is with both of my parents. And I am so beyond freaking grateful for that. And, you know, Don sometimes is like, you know, we've talked about that and both my father and my mother and I, all three of us independently, you know, with each other, we have worked our ass off to build the relationship that we have. Um, and so, you know, anytime I reference like my childhood, I want people to understand in context, like we have worked our ass off um, with my parents for us to have the relationship with that, that we have right now. And it is such a great, beautiful, vulnerable relationship that I have with both of my parents now. And I'm so thankful for that because it wasn't that growing up. Um, but for fathers and, and men, you know, I think the perspective that we've always, that I've always had is, you know, a man was supposed to be as a father, you know, the provider and the protector. And that's it. Like, that's what's so talked about. And I think that's what's talked about so much in society today and why I feel like, honestly, we are, we're at a critical state. Like, I'm just gonna be very honest. We are at such a critical state and I know this now because I've been on both sides. I have worked with literally thousands of young adult men and the state that they are in, it's dire. Um, it's, it is. Uh, there are some phenomenal young men that I'm so blessed to have been able to work with and inspire and and create uh, new foundations with, but there are so many young men out there that are so hurting, um, and I and and us as fathers and men need to take responsibility for that. And on the other side, there are so many men that are out there that are hurting right now because we are so afraid to be vulnerable, uh, and it comes from this place of. We were told stories of who we were supposed to be. Be tough. Be strong. Don't show weakness. Boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. Like, stop being a pansy. Stop. You're being a little, you're being a little fag. Stop being a fag. Stop being. Sack up. Yeah, sack up. Be tough. Go out and take care of your responsibilities. Be tough and, and get a job and, and work hard and persevere and. These are the messages that we've heard. These are the stories that we take on. And it's that narrative that needs to change for us in that as men, yes, like those are masculine qualities to be the provider and the protector. But as men, we also, we're all born with both masculine and feminine, uh, you know, characteristics, both, all of us, a man and a woman, we're both born with both. And that's the beliefs for men that I feel like we need to start changing and understanding these stories that have been programmed into us to not be vulnerable. And it's the first lesson in my um, thing. And I put it there on purpose because vulnerability for men, I feel like is honestly what is holding us back as a society. Men are so scared to be vulnerable. We're so scared to be scared. We're so scared to admit that we have no freaking idea at times how to be a great provider. How to be a great provider. A provider doesn't mean just money. A provider means are you emotionally there for your wife? Are you emotionally available and open for your kids? Are you emotionally and available? Are you emotionally available for yourself? 
And do you even know what that means? Do you even know what that means to be emotionally open and vulnerable? And I love Brene Brown has a quote where she says, vulnerability is the courage to be fully seen. And this is part of loving yourself. It's being able to be fully seen by yourself for who you truly are and not the stories that have been programmed into you. And I think that's why it's so hard for men to be vulnerable is because what society, like who society tells them they need to be. Yeah. Like, and and in, in front of each other, we posture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always about if you notice and, and recognize this men next time you're out in conversations, the first time you meet another guy, I want you to notice, just be aware. Notice if the first thing you ask him is what do you do? What do you do? That is like our favorite question to ask another man. What do you do? Oh, what do you do for work? As if that's some sort of like... Badge of honor. Badge of honor. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I do this. Yeah. This gives me... Oh yeah, I make this much money. That's why I threw out that salary because it means jack squat. Because I know a lot of guys that are making that much money and more who are so far from self-aware, it's, it's saddening to me. And they have relationships with their peers and with their wives and with their kids that is so disenjointed and even from themselves that they just have no clue. I had a boss once who told me that every single night, it was either a one beer or two beer shower night. That's how he gauged how his days were. Because that's how he dealt with himself. Yeah, life. That's how he dealt with life. It was either a one beer or two beer shower night. That was his gauge on how the day was. And I think it's, it's where we need to get back to. This is the foundation of loving yourself. We have to be vulnerable. We have to get to a place where we can be real about how we feel, recognize our emotions, identify them. And if there's something there that you don't know how to deal with, and for so long, for all of you out there, for so long, I knew and could identify the emotions that were coming up and I could identify where they were coming from, but I did not have a damn clue on how to process them and how to heal. And so I stayed hidden because I, I was so afraid that if I spoke about where they were coming from and where they stemmed from and that they stemmed from that little boy that didn't feel good enough, that I would be ridiculed and told, again, the message is, of dude, just toughen up. And you that's did. That's in the past. And that's, that is what happened. I did hide for so long within yeah. the church. I hid because I was, that's honestly the message I was told. We'll read the scriptures. We'll pray about it and read the scriptures. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but that's not helping. Like that's not helping change my emotions and my beliefs. And I was so afraid to really seek deeper help. And it wasn't until I finally sought help. And this is another point that I'm going to bring up right now. And you know, I, when I tell people I'm a life coach now, everyone, I, I get both reactions. I get like the, damn, we need you in this world and this is a great fit for you. And then I get the other reactions of, what's a life coach? Why do people need a coach? Why do people need a therapist? And I'm like, that's the exact reason right there. Because I was you for so long thinking I didn't want to ask for help. And that's all it is. It's, it's if we would just get over the stories of what society thinks, how we should show up, and realize like, hey, if you have emotions that you don't know how to deal with and you don't know where they're coming from or you do know where they're coming from, then get help. It's perfectly okay to seek help from somebody else to help you process them and move and use them for your advantage. Because that awareness and understanding where they're coming from is your superpower. When you're able to be aware of where these emotions and beliefs stem from and the trauma that they stem from, that's your superpower. That's where you really get to shine your light because it's exposed. And now you can deal with it. And you don't have to hide it anymore. You can fully embrace it. And that's the essence of loving yourself. And so if you are in a place where you understand and you're, you're, you're aware of your emotions, you're aware of those beliefs, you're aware of those thoughts, but you just don't know where to go from there, then seek help. There's nothing wrong with that. Every person who has reached a level of success 
has not gotten there by themselves. It's funny how we think from a sports place, from a, a career standpoint, we're perfectly okay with getting help in those arenas. But when it comes to our personal life and who we are fundamentally as a person, we like we're embarrassed to say like we got help. Yeah, or like they're oh, getting going to therapy. You're going to a like, counselor? Yeah. Like, oh, you have a life coach? That's weird. Why do you need a life coach? You yeah. can't do it on your own. You can't figure it out. Like, no, I can't. No. <laughs> because no one has no one none of us have gotten to where we're at in life right now without the help of others. Yeah. So why would this be any different? It's not. And we need to start opening up this conversation. And this is part of the reason why we wanted to do this is to open up that conversation. And so I think we've sort of touched on this enough today to talk about, you know, who you are and in, in, in loving yourself and what that means and how that practically plays out. Um, I want to leave, I, I, you know, bringing up this, this thing and, you know, my course, I, I do want to leave with this because I think it's a great exercise and it's it's something that I did and and when I did it 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 has fundamentally shifted how I show up as a as a uh, father and a husband um the assignment is and and you guys can take now what we've talked about in how you develop in that self-awareness and and start focusing on your emotions and your thoughts and that's the place that you need to come from of who you are and who you want to be and how you want to show up in this world um and a, an assignment to that you know practical that you guys could do um, you know, leaving here is to create, in a sense, your mission source, your, your mission, mission, passion, and purpose statement is what I call it. Um, because I, I feel like it's all, it's, it's all about who you, who you're being and how you want to show up in this world. And so what I, I, I'd encourage you to do is in a journal or, or piece of paper or whatever, is I want you to write down a couple of things. Number one, think of four to five people in your life or outside of your life that you've admired, looked up to. And I want you to think about the characteristics of who they are. Not what they do, but who they are. And I want you to list out those characteristics. And I want you, what you'll see is you'll see themes of this, the same similar characteristics are going to come up in them. And it's typically the light that we see in others are the light that's within us. And it's why we're able to see it again. Your light shines and, and helps to shine a light on others so they can unconsciously shine. And so the things that you positively identify in other people are typically the things that are positively that show up in you that you just can't see right now. And so write down those four people, those four to five people, and write down the characteristics that, that come up with them. And then I want you to write a list of how you want to show up in this world. And the categories that I want you to use are how you want to show up in your family, i.e. as a husband, wife, father, mother, uh, um, brother, sister, how you want to show up uh, with friends, how you want to show up with coworkers, and how you want to show up with general public. And then what I want you to do is you're going to use this to pull out those characteristics. And I just want you to write on another piece of paper a sheet with just three to four sentences. And I just want you to write out your life's mission and purpose statement. Who it is that you want to be, what are the characteristics you want to exemplify, and what do you want to do with those things in this world? And that's who I want you to live from and how I want you to live and be and show up in this world is living from that place because that is who you are, that is how you will show up in this world, and that is how you will shine light on others to see their light within themselves. I think that's great. And I think too, like, if you're having trouble with that, reach out. If you need help with it, like, reach out to us. Like, this is, this is what we do. We, we want to help people live the life that they want to live. And, and not, you don't even have to reach out to us. Like, if you have a therapist, like, reach out, like, get help. Cause it, it does take someone to kind of guide you to get to that point. Um, so that's all I wanted to say. I think this is awesome. Like I feel, I feel inspired. <laughs> um, yeah, and and like Don said, like you know, we would love to help. I would love to help. I mean, that's why I am doing what I'm. Find who you feel comfortable with that you can be vulnerable with and share these deep parts of you because it is important to find someone that you feel safe with, and that's the only reason why I said that just now is find someone who you feel safe with. Yeah. That's it. 
Like find someone you feel safe with that you can be vulnerable with, um, that you can talk to. And if that's a therapist you have, if that's a coach you have, if that's a counselor you have. That's a husband. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, I feel like we are we are blessed in that way that we have each other to to come to. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I piggyback off of that. Find someone that you feel safe with. That That's a big, a big um, piece of this. Yeah. And that's where we'll end. I hope you guys have a great day. I want to end with the same quote that we started with. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own inner nature, so does the attitude of the world towards him. We need not wait to see what others do. Y'all have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.